experience the love of Christ in a way that is um, different maybe than they've been shown before. And we just ask, Lord God, that you would bless uh, this time, bless those giving of their um, own Christmas money. Sometimes it's their own thing, but just that they would give it with a cheerful heart, Lord God, and that you would bless it, that we would get the boxes that we need to feed those in our community and be a blessing and to share your love this holiday season. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you guys give. Well, good morning, North Lake Church. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> well, it's awful quiet. <laughs> I said, how are you? <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, it is uh, December, and uh, I, again, don't get into the debate, was it spring or was it winter when Jesus was born, because really, the fact is, nobody knows but him, okay? So here's the point. We're celebrating the fact that Jesus came. We're getting ready to recognize that everything changed when Jesus came. Everything was different. That the the disconnect and the severing of the relationship was once again open wide and all and any who would call on the name of the Lord can once again be connected to him. What an incredible time to celebrate. What an incredible season it is. And I saw a pastor friend of mine who's uh, pastoring a little further up north that's talking about having a merry heart in a Martha Christmas. <laughs> that is a great thing. Don't let the, the Christmas season get so busy that you are so busy being Martha, you miss being merry because of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Well, we are in a new series we started last week. Thank you for your giving to these holiday boxes. It's wonderful. Thank you. But we are talking about living by the nudge, and we're going to get ready to, to hold our Bibles up and ask the Lord to help his word become down in our hearts. We're going to uh, talk a little bit about that later, but we want that to happen. But we're in a new series called Living by the Nudge. We don't want to be uh, driven or have to be hit upside the head for the Holy Spirit to lead us. Amen. This morning, uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. And how is it that actually I can walk in the Spirit? I have uh, throughout the years, uh, this has been something that people have been having a hard time to grasp. How is it that I really walk by the Spirit? So we're going to talk about that because the Word of God has an answer for us. And so we're going to look at the Word of God. Before we do that, would you hold up your Bibles, whether it's in electronic or written form, whatever it is, here's the point, that God's Word is to be in our hearts. Amen? This book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Amen. 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 All right. Well, we're going to read the Word of God. So get ready. We're looking at Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 26. 
But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now... The deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousies, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you in those who practice such things, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. There is a passage of Scripture that's referenced in a few places, but I want to give you one that's not in your, and right in your notes. If, you're, if you don't have the notes, please make sure you grab these out and under your note portion, would you write this scripture down? I'm going to reference it right here as we begin. And that is Romans chapter 7. Starting at verse 15, going through chapter 8, verse 4. This passage of Scripture is so important theologically, meaning that it's a principle. It's not an opinion. It's a principle of the Word of God. And that is where Paul says, I don't understand what I'm doing. The things that I hate, I find myself doing. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. And he says, what is going on? There's this struggle within me. And then he goes on to say, who will rescue me from this body of death? Now, just a very quick point for you to reference. That particular thing that Paul is referencing, everybody knew what it was back then. This body of death meant crucifixion and all of that, but it had a connotation in this context that Paul was writing that was very important. When you were to be found guilty of murdering somebody, sometimes they would take, it's a little gross, but hang with me, they would take the corpse of the person you killed and they would attach it to the person guilty and you had to carry it until you yourself died because of the disease and the sickness of the other body. Now, when Paul says, who will rescue me from this body of death? That's what he's talking about. Without Jesus, we are hopeless with a body of death attached to us. 
But praise be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's what he's talking about. Uh, and, and as we talk about living by the nudge, I want to encourage you today. I want to tell you that the word of God has equipped us to live victoriously, walking with the Lord. But as we look at this passage of Scripture... It talks about three things, walk, led, and live by the Spirit. I want to talk about those three things because I believe they're absolutely intricately linked. And so I'm going to do something we don't normally do, but I believe it will make this so much more clearer for us. We're going to start from verse 25 and 26 and work our way back, <laughs> okay? Because there's some important concepts that this uh, scripture is talking about, and if we don't get these, we will try to find ourselves operating in the area of religion rather than freedom of the Spirit. This is important, because no one will be saved on the account of our religion, our righteousness. As Pastor Spencer said, it's a filthy rag. <laughs> okay? But praise the Lord, we don't stand in our righteousness, we stand in his. So as we look at this passage of scripture, uh, I'm going to be referencing back to these verses over and over and over again here. So I want us first to look at verses 24 through 25. 25 specifically says, if we live by the Spirit. Now, immediately I think, what does it mean to live by? The word live means to have life in. To, to live is to be alive. We were once dead apart from Christ. We now are alive because of Jesus. So the first thing that I want us to understand, living by the nudge starts first answering an if question. And it's verses 24 and 25. And it says, if we live by the Spirit... Billy Graham, you've heard me mention this before, it's so important. Billy Graham makes the statement, 80% of America has Jesus here. We've heard it. We've heard the story. We've been to Sunday school. We've been in and out of church. But that doesn't mean anything about living by the Spirit. That means nothing. You say, well, if it means nothing, why are we here? See, only when there is a birth after the birth, then you grow, then you mature, then you grow up in your faith. But without a birth, there can be no growing. Without a birth, there can be no living. So the first thing we have to understand, if we are going to be people who are living by the nudge, is we must answer the question. Now, I will tell you, Paul, who is oftentimes very poignant, if you see his writing, he cuts to the chase. 
Well, here in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 5, he cuts to the chase. And he says, test yourselves and see if you are in the faith. Now you say, well, what do you mean? Because the scripture is clear that when you become saved, born again, there is an evidence of God's spirit in you. That there is a marked difference. So Paul mentions here that you test yourself to see if you're in the faith. And he says, I pray that you will find that you are. But the point is this. He says, if you live by the Spirit, the first thing you have to answer is, have I had a birth in salvation? We really have to get this because it is not an intellectual prayer we pray at the altar. It is not religion. It isn't becoming part of a club. You say, oh, Pastor Brian, you over, you're, you're overrating that. We all know we need to be saved. I'll never forget the moment. Jill and I were pastoring up north. I think we'd been there almost four and a half, five years. This lady had come every service every service. She was almost 60-some years old. Jill and I were teaching on covenant, and she walked up to Jill, and she said, you know, I just realized I don't think I'm saved. She said, I came to the church I started doing all the things. I enjoyed the activities. I enjoyed the worship, so I raised my hands. I did all of that, but I have never truly given my heart to Jesus. Now, that's a statement. See, there has to be a birth. Jesus said this to Nicodemus. It's one of our scriptures, John 3, 3. You must be born again. You must be born again. Nicodemus said, I don't understand. How can an old person become born again? Do I, might I re-enter my mother's womb? And Jesus said, you're not understanding. What's of the flesh is of the flesh. What I'm talking to you about is being born again in the spirit. And there is a huge difference. And that if also means not all are included. If you want to be living in the Spirit, you must first be born again. Have to. And here's the important thing. If we don't get this, you may be saying, well, Pastor Brian, I do get it. I'm there. Great. Praise the Lord. Here's what we have to remember. We have to make sure that we're telling others, not just to come and be a part of the church and, and by osmosis become a Christian. This is not a club. This is transformational gospel, change of heart, everything transformed by the power of God because he makes all things new. Because he states, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, here's that verse I want to read to you. This is how important it is. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. He cannot understand them. Do we see how important that is? Do we see how important that, that this not just be about getting people here and saying, oh, come, come and be a part of this family. Great. We want them to be a part of the family. But being part of the family means you have to have a birth. There has to be a birth. Amen. All right. So living by the Spirit. The second portion of Scripture we're going to look at is 18 through 23. Because here's one that truly we need to, all of us, because all of us are in different areas of maturity, need to evaluate, Lord, where am I in this process? And really the second thing is living by the nudge then moves to answering a second question. You answer the first question, which is live by the Spirit. There's a birth. The second one is just as important. And that is whether you're being led by the Spirit. See, you can be born again, but it doesn't mean you're being led by the Spirit. You can be born again and be totally walking in your flesh. You can be, but the, the fact, Scripture often addresses this in Scripture, and we're going to look at it because Paul addresses it. But we have to know that this, again, if term, small words even in the Word of God mean something. And when the author is being carried along by the Holy Spirit, which is biblical, no Scripture came about by the writer's own interpretation. They were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That's what Scripture says. So when he writes if, it's a conditional statement. If you are led by the Spirit, that means you have to be willing and you have to surrender. And there's our problem. It really is. I want you to know I'm talking to myself especially. There's no one who needs to surrender more than Brian Grant. I'm telling you, my flesh would love to do it. <laughs> but we cannot. We simply cannot. But what God wants is not your ability or power to do it. We already know we can't. What God asks for is our surrender. Our surrender, our willingness to say, God, you're true in your word. I can't. I can't be good enough. I cannot do this on my own. I am incapable of following you unless you lead me. Unless you lead me, Lord, I'm helpless. I need your guidance. I need your direction. So how do you get there? Surrender. Surrender. It's, it's, it's a, you know, a short word, 
But it's so powerful because I will tell you, this is where Paul says, I do it daily. I die daily. Here's the thing about our flesh. As long as we live in this body, as long as we're attached to our five senses, <laughs> the flesh is going to be alive. <laughs> okay? So you have to reckon it to be dead. Here's, here's something. How do I know whether I'm, I'm walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh? The dead cannot be offended. If you're offended by something, then that doesn't mean you cor don't correct something that is possibly wrong. But it means you don't cop an attitude when you do it. The dead cannot be offended. If you're finding your spirit offended a lot, it's a good indication that you're not being led by the spirit. You're being led by your flesh. And your flesh is offended all the time. I will tell you, it doesn't take long for my flesh to be offended. <laughs> so how is it that we will ever get to the point where we are being led? Two things. Immerse yourself in the Word of God. God has given us the greatest gift, His written Word. You know, truly, if you want to know what God's thoughts are, crack the book. <laughs> crack the book. Crack his word and ingest it. Don't just sit and read it like you would a newspaper. Read it and spend some time meditating on it, the scripture says. You know, sometimes we've, we've given, bad, given a bad rap to meditation, but meditation is something of God's word. Meditate. What it is you're meditating on matters. Get your meditation on him. Ingest his word. Chew it over. Mull it over. It would be good for me to... to sit and stew and let a scripture go over and over again in my heart for a week rather than read a chapter or three or four or a hundred and just never give it any consideration. Quality in God's word and ingesting it means so much more than flippantly reading the word and forgetting so I encourage you, first, if you want to be led by the Spirit of God, ingest what he's already given you that tells you who he is, how he operates, what he does. Hallelujah. And the second thing is prayer. Now, that is a great term, and it's a powerful term. I want you to know what prayer means. Prayer does not mean a wish list. It's Christmas. So let's just, you know, don't get out your Christmas wish list. That's not what prayer is, really. Now, prayer, a part of prayer is making your requests known. But prayer involves so much more than just throwing out a bunch of things you need from God. <laughs> prayer is an intimate communion with him. A not only talking, but also listening for his voice. If I don't ever listen, if I don't ever say, Lord, today when I get up, I'm expecting. 
expecting that you are going to speak to me throughout the day. I'm telling you, I won't hear his voice. I'm just telling you, my flesh is so set to go on autopilot, if I don't get up and say, Lord, today, this is the day that the Lord has made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it. And I say, Lord, right now, I set my heart on saying, I'll follow your voice. You speak to me, I'll do it. You speak to me, I'll do it. And you say, well, I got things to do. I go to work. Great. God can use you powerfully there. But if you go there on autopilot, you'll be ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of him. You've got to be led by the Spirit. So you can be alive in the Spirit. That's good. But we want to move to being led by the Spirit. My brother, pastors in Canada, uh, I'll never forget, he <laughs> called me one time when I was still uh, in Winlock, and he said, uh, Brian, I'm preaching a sermon today. I want you to pray with me. And I said, well, what are you preaching? He said, the title of the sermon is Expanding the Nursery. I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm talking to the church about growing up. He said, we can either expand the nursery and remain infants, and we just need to create an, a bigger nursery, or it's time for men and women to step up and mature in the Lord. See, being led by the Spirit is a, is a growth issue. It's saying, God, I'm no longer just going to let my flesh do as it pleases. <laughs> I'm no longer just going to uh, be saved, but be out there doing whatever I would like. Now, Paul addresses this, and he addresses it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. All those scripture verses there are there for you, but here's one that I did not write down. You can write down. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of the flesh, as to babes in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now, you are not yet able, for you are still fleshly. For since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? Are you, and are you not walking like mere men? See, if we aren't led by the Spirit, we're going to be walking around in our flesh like we've never had a born-again experience. Now, that means you're, doesn't mean you're not saved because God's Word is true, but it just means this is why Paul addressed them. He's addressing the church. He's not addressing the, the uh, ones that are not in the body of Christ yet. He's addressing the church, and he's saying... I can't address you as adults because you have not, you're still being totally consumed by your flesh. You're letting your flesh lead your entire life. And you need to start walking and being led by the Spirit of God. That's what this passage of Scripture is talking about in verses 18 through 23, being led by the Spirit. It says in verse 18, 
But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, I'm glad, so glad, that Paul did not quit with saying uh, drunkenness and carousing, period. Because if he would have ended it there, we would have made that list, have it hanging on the wall, and we would have done everything else we could do. Is that not true of our flesh? I mean, do you understand? Paul then, by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, continues to write. And he says, no. He says, and things like these. Because this is not an exhaustive list. We all know what sin is. We all know when we've missed the mark. And I tell you, when I... <laughs> When we miss the mark, it's not like we were close, okay? <laughs> it, it's, it's like that, that uh, uh, you know, for us who are maybe, uh, I'll give you two analogies. For us who are cutting a long piece of cloth to make it into something, if you're off on this side an eighth of an inch, you're going to be way off on the other end. Okay, for us guys, if you're shooting at something, you're off by that much in 10 yards. Think about what you'll be in 300 yards. <laughs> it gets worse as you go on. <laughs> okay, so we've all missed the mark by a mile. <laughs> okay, but praise the Lord, God is wanting us to mature and be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Amen? Then we're going to move on to number three, and this is looking back up there at the very first part of this scripture. Now, when you look at this, the reason that they all are linked together intricately is because Paul is not, this is one complete thought that he says, walk by the Spirit. He starts by saying that, walk by the Spirit. That's all what we desire to do. All of us want to walk by the Spirit. But here's the trouble. Unless we live by the Spirit first, and unless we're led by the Spirit next, we will never walk in the Spirit. Do you hear me? Someone who is leading you, you first have to be willing to be led if you're going to walk any distance. So when Paul talks about walking by the Spirit, you can't do that unless first you're born again and living. You want, you have a desire to, and then you're being led. Then you can create a pattern of walking. But until there, the, the pattern of walking cannot happen. So if we are being, if we live by the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit is much more probable. Now, will you ever be perfect? No, not till you see Jesus face to face. <laughs> there is coming that time when you will see Jesus face to face. And at that time, it says, our carnal bodies will be turned into one of, like his glorified body. Hallelujah. We will be with him, praise the Lord. But until that time, he's given us his Holy Spirit 
This is the most precious, valuable thing that we have. And it's not just for us to be emotionally excited. It's to give us stability. It's to give us an ability to be that legitimate, authentic Christ follower. To give you roots. That your roots would be deep. If we live by the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit is much more probable. Now, I tell you, this is, again, uh, maturity. But as you are being led by the Spirit, when you start to walk, you develop a pattern. There is a a pattern in uh, our lawn where the dogs have worn it out, okay? <laughs> Jules and Diesel, have, they have a particular way when they go out that you can see it. May our paths of our life have that spot worn out, and when they look at that path, may the people see our lives leading to Jesus every time. Leading to Jesus every time. Will you be perfect? No. You're still going to have moments in your flesh. You're still going to have moments with your spouse. You're still going to have moments with your family or your neighbor or whatever it is. But if you live by the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, you're going to have a lot more times when you say, Yes, praise the Lord then you being discouraged because you read and you say, how am I ever going to walk by the Spirit? How am I ever going to do that? You first live by the Spirit, then you say, Lord, I'm going to be led. And as you are led, you develop a pattern. God has given us an incredible thing called habits. We often talk about them negatively. And there are some habits I encourage you not to have. (laughs) There's no question sometimes we develop bad habits. But habits are a gift of God. Because truly habits where we're pathway is run to God, that's a blessing. (laughs) That's not a bad habit. That's a great habit. That's a habit you want to have. I was talking to my daughter this week that in... Uh, university back in Southwestern, they they called me punt to Providence because in our uh, class where you talk about all those times when you're between a rock and a hard place, some people were having the discussion that maybe God winked at sin or or gave you an exemption when you were between a rock and a hard place. I said, no, God don't impugn the character of God. God's God. He's holy. When I'm between a rock and a hard place, God knows exactly what I, what I need to do. And so I say, I punt to providence. <laughs> now, I don't always in my flesh follow after, but that's my heart. You don't, you don't say, well, God's going to excuse this. He knows I'm in a tough place. I don't know how we get there. But the point is this, being walking by the Spirit. So I was talking to my daughter. I said, yeah, because truly if you want to walk after the Lord, 
you're going to have to reach the spot in your life where you say, even when my circumstances don't match, I'm going to wear that pattern and I'm going to walk according to God. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And I will tell you this too. I believe with all my heart that if we did that more often and punted to providence and say, God, here I am, I'm either living or dying for you, that we'd see a lot more moving of God's hand and miracles because we would stop relying on our flesh and start punting to providence in his hand. <laughs> Amen? Amen. I want to be somebody who is walking by the Spirit. We sang that song this morning in Christ alone. It's a wonderful song. And I believe as we look at this scripture talking about walking by the Spirit, Paul writes, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. I look at that scripture and I say, Lord, unless you do a miracle by the Spirit of God, how is that ever going to happen in my life? And truly, we all need to evaluate our own walk with God. Because God's wanting us. All of us are on a different spot where we're walking with the Lord. Today is a new day. <laughs> Today is a new day. Develop a new pattern in your life. Say, I today... Maybe you're here and you need to say, have I really accepted Christ into my heart? Maybe you're here today and you said, man, I've accepted Christ, but I'm living my life completely on autopilot. I, don't, I, I just do what I want to do. If I want to do something, I just do it. I've never heard of this concept of asking God. You say, well, you know, I don't need to do that. I, I've got things i got to do, and they're not bad things. So that's what I mean. Even in good things, we're not to be living in our flesh. We're to be living for the Lord our whole lives. So I want to be walking by the Spirit so I can say, for me to live is Christ. Wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, if I'm going to live, I'm going to live to Christ. And if I die, praise the Lord, it's gain. I'm with him. <laughs> I've, uh, you know, you've heard me say, I don't want to go a, a, a moment too soon, but I don't want to stay a second longer than what he wants me to stay. <laughs> I want to be with him. <laughs> I want to be with him. Hallelujah. So then it all then comes down to this question. Live by, led by, walk by. The Holy Spirit is ready. Are we? In whatever area we find ourselves, are we ready to say, yes, Lord? Yes, I want. I'm, I'm being led, but I need to continue to be led more so I can develop a pattern. Or maybe you're here and you're saying, Lord, I need to be led. I need to stop relying on myself and start calling out and listening for your voice. Or maybe you're here and you say, I need a salvation experience. I've had a religious experience, but I need a born-again experience. Bow your head with me. 
talking about living by the nudge. Living by the nudge. His Holy Spirit is so awesome. His Holy Spirit wants to give you depth and maturity that you aren't even, can't even imagine. God's got maturity for you, and God's got no matter how far you've walked with him. Maybe you're here and you, you have a wonderful, vibrant relationship with the Lord. I'm still not satisfied where I am. I want to be one who walks more by the Spirit. I want to be one who's led more by the Spirit. I want to be alive in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask... The first question, you know, I don't let a service go by without asking it. With no one looking around, is there anyone here who would happen to say, Pastor Brian, I want to make that decision for Jesus. Uh, you know, I don't want you to be embarrassed. I, I certainly didn't tell you that story for you to feel bad. I told you that story for us truly to evaluate the fact that being religious saves no one. You, it's not about being in a club. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said. And if you're here and you would say, Pastor Brian, I in, in, in hearing the voice of the Spirit, I need to call on Jesus. Anyone here, I want you to slip your hand up. I want to pray for you. Anyone here? Yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Hallelujah. Okay. In a few moments, I'm going to ask you to come. Now, I tell you, if you've been here for a while, I will tell you right now, you're going to hear every reason not to come. You will hear your flesh and the enemy of your soul tell you every reason why you shouldn't come. I'm going to give you one, and that is surrender to God. <laughs> Okay, but let me address one more group before we ask you to come for salvation. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Brian, I know that I'm hearing the voice of God encourage me to be led and to walk in the Spirit like never before. Would you slip your hand up? Hallelujah. All across this place. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I pray for these. I know both my hands are up, Lord. If I could raise both my hands, God, I need to be led. I need to walk by your spirit. God, I want to be able to say, Lord, and to have people say that they see Jesus. Lord, more of you and less of me. God, I pray that for each and every person that raised their hand, that there would be more of you and less of us. May you increase and may we decrease that people will see Jesus in Jesus' name. All right, now I'm going to ask you, I'm going to turn my microphone off and I'm going to come down to the front. And I just want to pray with you. I have a, a, a Bible I'd like to give you. I'd like to pray with you. If you raised your hand and you want to receive Jesus, will you come? <laughs>